Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is evolution of practices and beliefs. The idea of evolution involves the process of working out or developing something into something new and hopefully improved. While we have a tradition that we practice, it is not static. Our practices and beliefs are constantly developing simply from our interactions with others who have different subjective perspectives about anything we think, believe, or do. Change is not a negative thing when it comes to our spiritual practices. We study and learn constantly so that we can find new things to try out, adapt what we have been doing to use in different ways, or stop doing things that we may have done for a long time because they do not match what we currently believe. Our beliefs are also constantly evolving. By developing a regular spiritual practice, we have grown and changed and learned many new things and also learned what doesn't work for us. Because of this, as we walk the path, our beliefs are subject to revision based on new information. For us, determining what we believe on a regular basis is important. Often, this process starts by figuring out what we don't believe and eliminating that first before we work at defining our current beliefs. This process also leads to changes in the ways in which we practice, which leads to more questioning of belief, which leads to more changes in practice, which leads, you get the idea. While it can be a lot of work to craft an effective personal practice, we firmly believe that if we are not changing, we are stagnant or stuck. This does not keep us in harmony with the process of the universe itself, which is constantly evolving and changing with or without our participation in the process. This makes it more difficult for us to connect with our own internal spark of the divine and by extension, the external spark of the universe. I kind of like this topic. It's one of those that it, it seems simple because it's not real long when you read it and it's not real complicated in wordage as it were or verbiage or however you want to say that but there's kind of a lot packed in there well this this particular topic and, and what we're gonna have fun talking about tonight is to me more than just this idea of evolution of practice and belief but it's become to me sort of a daily evolution of self mm -hmm. um so it's yeah we're, we're going to be able to really um talk about the constant fluidity of change and how we are able to be more part of our environment when we are able to adapt more with our environment i think so that's a good way to put it i mean when you think about it you and i've been practicing more than Two or three years because <laughs> we're we're not spring chickens i mean i can remember first coming into the idea of a practice of witchcraft and it was wicca and of course i'm all by myself so i am this is the 90s and i am reading anything i can get my hands on 
and a lot of it was crap. Let's be honest. A lot of the stuff that was written in the 90s was crap. And it's it's fun to look back at it now, historically, as it were, as, you know, from my perspective and say, my God. And then I found a real wicked group and was kind of on the periphery of that for a while, you know, hoping to be invited to join the coven, et cetera, et cetera. And that didn't work out, but I did make friends. And after I didn't get accepted, for want of a better word, in full membership, this particular group of people left and invited me to join them because for them, the Wicca they were experiencing didn't answer all their questions either. Okay. Because that group was very light-focused. And we started asking, but you have to have dark in order to have light. And we went down some interesting darker trails, i.e. Chumley and a whole bunch of other stuff, and kind of had figured out that what we really needed was balance between, for want of a better word, for the first time. You know, sure. and then over the next few years, we practiced on and off with some people, and then it just kind of turned into Sue and I, and we had a lot of fun experimenting and trying out different things, and eventually ended up, for want of a better word, with the path, all capital letters. That was very rudimentary, but it was ours. And we're like, okay, we're going to try stuff and figure it out what we mean by our path. And while we each have our had our own individual practices and path, we kept coming back to each other and saying, but there's stuff we want to try together. Sure, sure. And you were meant to you were you were meant to, to practice together and you were meant to write together. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I think so. But we it's also- interesting it's interesting to hear that that process of your evolution, you know, and through all of those different different versions and di- different interactions with people and whatnot. And I'll I'll tell you a little bit about some of my background as well. But but Back to the topic of seeing these things as an evolution, you know, we are always sort of seeking and changing and looking for something that helps us feel better and feel more a part of the world that we're walking around in. I think so. Um, I mean, from my background, the, the first sort of Wicca exposure that I had was like Cunningham and it was all (laughs) solitary and it was about, you know, forming my own correspondences and doing my own work with the elements and with the moons and whatnot. And so I've always had a fascination with covens. I've enjoyed being around a few different covens, but Goodness, no, it has not once ever occurred to me to be full-time as a member or something declarative like that mm-hmm. because the, the more shamanist side of me says that I am an entity, um, sort of not necessarily an island, but you know, unto myself. And my spirituality is purest when I am 
connecting with source or connecting with universe. And that when I include a bunch of human interactions, while I love the fact that there is a bunch of big sustained energy that results from groups of people, I'm more the drum circle kind of person where it's energy that's raised and you can focus it where you want to focus it yourself as a participant, but not necessarily on a group or a themed thing. Mm -hmm. um, so my finding my way here onto the path, it's just really neat that I'm able to acknowledge that I've come from you know, I, I, I spent some time studying Buddhism and I spent some time studying Taoism. And so for me, here again, it's been about me as an individual with my spirituality. And then how can I use that connection to, to make gifts to the world around me? Mm -hmm. um, so that evolution for me has been literally, and we talk about it here a little bit later, but it has literally been a cycle of rebirth and rediscovery and redefinition to the point now where, quite honestly, this is a part of my morning daily routine. You know, there is a part of me that wakes up the morning and makes a decision, you know, based on what I want to practice today and and how I want to define my beliefs, how it is that I want to define the man that I am or the human that I am. So this evolutionary practice can get right down to the micro level where each morning when we're blessed to be able to wake up, we have choices about what we're going to do with that day. Oh, I think so. I think for me, and for Sue, when we created the rituals that we use together, like when we celebrate Ingress Congress Egress for the times of the cross quarter time. Right. Every time we do them, there's both a familiarity and a gift of newness. Absolutely. I can I can see that, sure. Because we have done this I, together, but not this way. Yeah, and, and, and part of it is, okay, say it's candle mass, and that occurs like January, early February, for anybody who doesn't know that. We do that series of three rituals. It's the same rituals. And we have, in between whatever ritual, the, the three, there's always a longer period between, like say between one and two, or between two and three. And wherever the longer period is, we celebrate by doing, a times of contemplation and creation where she and I are apart and we have something we do every day that's the same thing that we do but we do them individually and we're probably not doing them at the same time but we come back together for the for the for egress and then we have the times of creativity that go with that and we have a list of things that we do separately again but when we do those three rituals together yes it's the same words but if you think about it from candle mass to candle mass we are different people absolutely so it is like doing a brand new ritual every single time in that respect sure sure yeah from from year to year you are different people absolutely i hope so
Um, and then, <laughs> that, I missed the point. <laughs> that, well, that brings me back to uh, just to quote the, the reading. This process also leads to changes in the ways in which we practice, which leads to more questioning of belief, which leads to more changes in practice. And you get the idea. Yeah. The, the concept, and I think um, you actually just wrote about this the other day, but the concept of needing to reawaken or refresh, you know, some of your practice or your some belief or whatever, the idea of getting stuck really resonated to me because we've all been in that place where we've felt stagnant or in some cases we haven't felt that way until we realized it, but we were stagnant as far as our practice and our spirituality or even faded and not, not bothering. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we go through times like that. We're humans and we have busy modern lives. Oh God, do but, we ever. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But yeah, I do. the fact that we evolve through these changes and find a way to still connecting um, are still working and practicing to make those connections from our spark to the universal spark. And the, the whole idea of doing something for yourself continues to start to get traction and get that cycle moving again. The, the, the point that I wanted to make here is that the universe, whether you want to look at it as a wheel or a cycle or a wave or what have you, it continues on with or without our intention and without our participation. Mm -hmm. So those are those times where when we get stagnant, we stagnant, or excuse me, or we get stuck, that we need to remind ourselves that it's going to continue to go on. And what we are doing is simply making our ride in that journey that much more difficult. Yeah, I have always claimed that humans don't like change, number one. And number two, change goes on whether we participate or not. And the uncomfortable feelings that relate to our relationship with change is usually our resistance to it. Sure, but uncomfortable is where we grow. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean people like it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I, I've learned to. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Let us be honest. Some of those greatest changes where we've grown spiritually, when they're happening, it is freaking uncomfortable. We don't know what our next step yeah. is going to be or the belief. Like losing, like losing like, a family member. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, I'm a different I'm a different human being now. Sure. Yeah. Or those beliefs that we thought we'd finally figured it out and we were comfortable with it. And we woke up on a Tuesday and all of a sudden we realized, hell, that's not what I believe anymore. So everything's out of way. Well, and that's one of the things that you mentioned earlier on in this particular writing is sometimes the easiest thing to do or the easiest change, I should, should say, that we can identify is, all right, what is not working? Yeah, what don't what, we believe what is in? Not, what is not doing it for me? You know, if, if if burning that incense at this time of day isn't really giving me joy, then why am I burning, burning incense or that incense at that time of day? And, yeah. and is, this, is this serving me and bringing me joy today? Regardless of whether or not it has for the last dozen days in a row, is this what I want to be doing with my time? 
Exactly. Um, there's the, a there's an interesting Buddhist take that I heard from a, a YouTuber the other day, and it mm -hmm. was just the way that the lady explained essentially mindfulness or being present. And she says, Buddhist is just very simply, what are you doing? At this moment, right now, what are you doing? And whatever it is that you are doing, do it and do it well and do only it. You know what I mean? And so there's a real synergy to that with constantly redefining our beliefs and and relearning what doesn't work what does work um it's it, you could equate it to riding a bicycle in the fact that you you learn how to keep this thing upright and moving forward at a reasonable pace it's weird because you start thinking about it well and... I'm, I'm i'm having the thought really that is it possible to not evolve in your practice or beliefs you know what would be what would be an example of there oh, are I, I, I i'm sorry but i've i've led myself into the obvious um joke of catholicism um i'm sorry but yeah that mm -hmm. to a certain extent you could say that's what happens if you want to doctrinize your practices and beliefs and then just simply repeat them for two thousand years with no Reevaluation, and I, I don't mean to pick on that particular organized religion, but no, it's the, a very good, the, the, the model is there, so to speak. Yeah, and it's kind of a good example, you know. And, um, and, and, and you could argue now, especially with modern popes and some, uh, some of the modern influences and whatnot, you could argue that the church itself is evolving, um, you know, and I'm not saying it hasn't changed, but some of the dogma seems to be persistent. Yeah, exactly. They're not. I think it's because <laughs> they expect the people to adapt to the dogma and not the other way around. Right. Right. And absolutely. I think that, I think that um, it's the same. It's the same thing, really. At, at, at the bottom of the issue, it's the same thing with the Constitution. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and it really is. Know, well, that's why we're allowed to amend it, supposedly. Unfortunately, yeah, the, document, the document should follow with the needs of the nation, not the other way around. Yeah, well, yes, and we'll just leave that one alone because you and I promised we would not get into politics. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I consider myself swatted. No, I'm not swatting at you. It's just, you know, we were already discussing religion, which upsets some people. Let's not put politics in the middle of it, you know? You and I do really well when we stick to one or the other. It's when we put them together that things get a little heated somehow. Yeah, well, I think that might have something to do with our generation. But anyway. Well, quite possibly. Um, my like generation is also part of the evolution of my practices and beliefs. I mean, they have come mm -hmm. full circle a couple of times. Yep. Well, sure. But, but people have to recognize that we all come in to paganism or witchcraft initially with a set of practices and beliefs whether we recognize that we still carry some of that with us or not sure. and it, it takes learning to adapt that there's nobody that's going to tell you this is wrong that you're not doing it right and you have to figure out then what do i do and well, for that... some people, that's scary as hell that's I why do. so many people cling to certain rituals, I think. 
I just have to have to say that what that made me recall was the fact that if I go out tonight and it's a little smoky and hazy, so I probably can. But if yeah. I go out tonight and I look at particular stars, there's mm -hmm. a part of me that remembers looking at those particular stars when I was 11 in my backyard. And there's using those two fixed points as being the same person the ability to look at the evolution of what I really believe to be a real and to have value and to have meaning. Um, I am glad to have followed the evolutionary path to be who I am today. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, that's, that's the greatest, I think that's the, one of the biggest things that Sue and I always had so much fun with was trying new stuff all the time, just to see. Well, that's just it. I mean, how, how cool are we going to be tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's part of it. And the other part is you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Sure. You know, there are certain parts of our rituals that we didn't change because they served the purpose. You know, we could, we could, we could change the opening chant, for want of a better word, that we say as we stand before the blessing, the blessing table where we have the four elements and we bless ourselves with the four elements. But there's, but there's a blessing table there. That, yeah, there is a, that is a fixed part of those particular rites that I've watched you guys practice through decades. Exactly. Oh, because, there's our familiar. There's, yeah. there's uh, Susie mm -hmm. in cat form. Exactly. And you keep promising to post pictures. I'm sure you will eventually. Oh but, my goodness. You <laughs> caught me again. Yes. <laughs> All Add it to your, your perpetual to-do list and eventually you'll get to it. But what I was trying the point I was trying to make was because of saying that blessing over and over, we literally trained our brains to recognize, oh, when we do this, something cool is gonna happen. Right. We're going to step into magical space. So well, it is you know, the, ex the example that I use, and it's actually just sort of funny, but after having burned charcoal for so long for incense, you would laugh at the number of times now that I will light the charcoal and I will set it in the sand and I will walk away and I will never put a shred of incense on it because my brain has been trained that the scent of the charcoal means I'm going to relax, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to reflect. And so really the charcoal now is my trigger. <laughs> yeah, but, but we develop those. Sure, absolutely. And we tried different ways of doing that over the years, but that yep. one always worked. So stuff like that, we tend to be more, quote unquote, traditional about. And it's not that we're not open to different ways of doing it. Well, it's just that's that just it. I mean, even the, even even the ICE cycles that you and I have done together, we have acknowledged mm -hmm. that the, we are, you and I as a practicing um, duo, <laughs> duo, thank you. Yes. Um, are going to do things somewhat differently than you and Susie did and acknowledging that that is part of the evolution of that practice. There's, there's sure, exactly. no, yeah, there's no conflict or there's no karma or anything attached to that. No, there isn't. And, and anybody who grabs any of our books that have some of our rituals in them 
we always write at the beginning, at the end, and everywhere else that this is just our stuff. If you yeah. like it and you want to try it as we've written it, great. If you want to take pieces of it and write something else to put with it, do that. If you yep, think this is work, this is what worked well for us today. Period. Yeah, exactly. More. Exactly. You know, I'd be willing to bet if you and I lucky are lucky to still be, you know, practicing and together and alive and reasonably healthy 10 years from now, what we do will be very different. I mean, some of the rituals that Sue and I have now are less, way less physically active than what we would have done, say, 10, 15 years ago. Sure. You know, there's a lot less, you know, circling around a giant area. We may circle the altar, but we're not going around the whole backyard more than once. And even well, then it takes longer because we want to make sure we don't trip. So here's the thing. I still want to dance in a cornfield under the moon, naked and sky clad. But the car's warm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Or, you know, I want to go outside and acknowledge that first snowfall, but I'd rather do it through the window because I don't It's pretty through glass. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty through glass. glass. Sure. Yeah, through glass works fine sometimes. And that's okay too. You know, that part of our evolution of our beliefs and practices is recognizing that we have a physical body that's coming along for the ride. And we have Absolutely. to be able to do rituals that we're enjoying the ritual and we're not focused on, oh, my God, I'm going to fall on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this I mean? is about more than practices and beliefs, too. I mean, it's evolution of relationships, evolution of self, evolution of values. I mean, it just it makes sense that if you don't feel like you are constantly evolving, please do something, anything different so that you can begin to feel that you are evolving. Exactly. And the you know, even if you start like a daily walk or something like that, I started doing a little incense routine when I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not actually incense. It's actually the scent of hot tea, but it's the thing that I'm doing to try to refresh that Zen pureness of mourning yeah and and listen to yourself it's a little bitty thing when we say go out and do something we don't mean you know run a marathon yeah unless that's your thing and you, for a minute. you know it's it's those little bitty things you know, when you were talking about what I just wrote, with it's in this month's monograph, and the idea is to do one little thing, yep. not anything big and complicated, and it should be something you enjoy. Right. You know, and you have, to, and sometimes when you are things that you want to keep doing until you don't want to keep doing anymore, and then don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And then find something That's else. Evolution. And then find something else that brings you that sense of joy. You know, or or just breathe sometimes. I mean, yep. sometimes I'm having one of those days and I'm like, I should be doing something. You and know, then I remember, you, I can take those three breaths, one for body, one for body, one for spirit, and it just changes everything. Well, and the way, just from my kind of singular point of view, the way that I can look at it is I can take that moment and understand that, yes, the universe is continuing to revolve just for me right now. My place is to stand here and breathe. 
Yeah. And, it, and it's okay to let the universe catch up with me and let me catch up with the universe with this breath. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like evolution. That. <laughs> yeah, evolution always, you know, and sometimes it happens when we least expect it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the thing. We that, think that's we back to that change thing. Yeah, back to that change thing. And, and All it's right. okay. So that sounds like a really good place to wrap that up. Because that was a profound statement by both of us. And I can see it devolving. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, yeah. it, it, and, and it's interesting that we've both sort of described what our evolutionary path to this point has been. Mm-hmm. And also communicated the idea of everybody has theirs and if you're not walking yours well here's your here's your moment to say hey pick the cane up and let's let's hit the path for a minute yeah exactly i think so and i find it interesting that we come from such different places and can come here and have an understanding of each other absolutely blessed be exactly so with that may you find mercy and reverence in all things Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Witch Stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. For today's Witchstone Spotlight topic, we'll review some of the more involved layouts and spreads that we can use to read or divine with our Witchstone's oracle card deck. This moves beyond our basic single and three card layouts to those that capture a broader range of energies around specific events or periods in our life. Our book, The Witchstone's Oracle Companion, reviews more details about how to prepare yourself, your space, and your cards for a reading, and describes several different methods to help practice with and learn the cards themselves. Look for a link to purchase this book on Amazon by visiting our website at twoyoungcrones.com slash library. Multiple card layouts often require more interpretation than a simple one card or three card layout, simply because there are more cards that you need to consider, and we're interpreting not only the cards, but how it is that they influence each other. The first larger reading that I will describe is a 12-card seasonal. On the winter solstice, or the first day of any of the other three seasons of the year, you can draw three cards for the four seasons. So you draw 12 cards, and what that looks like is you'll put them in a group so that you have winter at the top with a past, present, or excuse me, a body, mind, and spirit card. Then spring at the right side with a body, a mind, and a spirit card. Summer at the bottom with a body, a mind, and a spirit card. 
and autumn to the left with a body, mind, and spirit card. This gives us a total of 12 cards, although this can be simplified simply to one card for each of the four seasons and used as a four card. These cards are going to determine for you what energies are going to influence the different aspects of our life during the coming seasons. So, for example, body, mind, and soul in the spring gives you an idea of how those aspects of our lives are most likely to be impacted during the coming spring. The next major layout that I'm going to talk about is called a lunar reading, or 13 moons year in review. On New Year's Eve, instead of creating resolutions that most of us break by the end of January, why not draw 13 cards and arrange them in a circle to see what energies may influence each of the upcoming 13 lunar cycles? This is our lunar year in review and can shed some very deep insight into the energies that will be affecting us. Another and, and one of my personal favorites is a birthday or a personal year in preview. On your birthday, draw 13 cards, and in this case, arrange 12 of them in a circle for the 12 months of your coming year, and the final card in the middle to represent your actual birthday. This will lead us to see what energies may influence us during each of the upcoming months of the year, as opposed to moons of the year in the lunar cycle. And the last that I'll describe today is called a Where Am I Now? reading. We lay out three cards in the east, three in the south, three in the west, three in the north, and then three in the center for spirit. So at the top, we have three cards for our earth elemental. At the right-hand side, we have three cards for air. At the bottom, we have three cards for fire. And to the left, we have three cards for water. In the center of the circle, we have three cards as well for spirit. The east cards correspond with the element of air or thoughts and ideas. So they represent where your mind is now. The south cards correspond with the element of fire, personal will. So they represent where our energies are focused now. The west cards correspond with the element of water and of emotions. So they represent where our feelings are now. The north cards correspond with the element of earth and the physical. So they represent where our health is now. And the center cards correspond with the element of spirit. So they represent where your personal spiritual practices are at this moment. You can find diagrams for the readings that I've just described in the Witchstones Oracle Companion. And I said that is available on Amazon. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint is all about remembering to have fun. 
we were talking in our discussion about the importance of finding the time to do something witchy every day or that makes our spiritual practice feel more a part of our lives. I'm here to remind you that it's also important to have fun on the mundane level. It uplifts your body, mind, and spirit, which is important. By fun, I mean anything that makes you joy or makes you laugh. Watch cartoons with your kids. Take time to read a few pages of that trashy romance novel or mystery or fantasy book that you have that you enjoy. Go to a playground and swing on the swings or go down the slide like you used to do when you were a kid. Blow bubbles and watch the breeze carry them away from you and laugh. You could always Google witchy jokes on the internet or dad jokes or any kind of jokes and read a few. The point is, find something that's fun on the mundane level and go do it. Like I said, it can uplift your body, mind, and spirit when you're stuck in the middle of all of those mundane responsibilities that we all have. For me today, I am going to put it on that oldie stage fiction that plays rock music from the 1980s, you know, the headbanging kind that has a really good beat, and play it and sing along because I'm of that generation as I'm driving to pick up kids today from whatever place they have to be. I've got one that's got to be at work this morning, and I think I'll play the music on the way home. The point is, it's just as important to have fun on the mundane level as it is in your spiritual practice. It will bring you joy. Joy is important. Joy on the mundane lifts your body, mind, and spirit, and it helps you maintain that balance between the magical and the mundane. If you're doing something fun on the mundane, you are more likely to want to engage in your spiritual practices anyway. So here's a reminder. Go and have fun today. It's important. We all need those moments of childlike joy in our lives. So until next time, go do something fun today. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two young crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember... We are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be.